Hey folks, thanks for checking out my show. I really, really appreciate it because I work hard on this and I love doing my podcast. And if I was just talking into a piece of plastic and no one was listening, you know what, I'd probably still do it. Because this is like, this is therapeutic. I sit down, I'm in my, my front, I'm in my front study. Picture it, I have like a smoking jacket on, uh, my pipe. Uh, I talk in a creepy voice like this for some reason. Maybe a little bourbon. All right whatever. Uh, no. So thank you for, for checking out the show. Really appreciate it. Um, check out the website, waitwhatif.com. I do a lot of stuff on there. Um, why? I have no idea. Um, I need a crew. How do you get a crew? Can I get a crew? Can I get people? Because uh, I, I go on, you know, I listen to other podcasts and stuff and, and they're doing all sorts of interesting things. And I wonder how the hell are they doing this? It's just me. I need a crew. I need someone that can like Almost like when we do the the live events, when we do the uh, the camera work and all that stuff, I need someone like that all the time. So, um, if you want to be a crew and you live in North Carolina, send me a line. Send me an email. Oh wait, what new email? Kevin at waitwhatif.com. That's right. It's now Kevin at waitwhatif.com. Send me a note there. You can reach me at any time. Go to the website. Website. I uh, review products. I, that's one of the big things people don't realize. I, I go in there and I try out different things. You know, people try, they, they, they ask me about supplements. I'm a PA. All right. So I'm in medicine. I treat patients. I'm not a doctor. Don't get me confused. I went to school a year and a half less than doctors. So I'm not at that point, but I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. I treat people, um, with medicine. It's, it's what I do. I'm a medical provider. Uh, so I give these, these, uh, supplements a real, um, uh, I don't know, thorough exam, I guess. I try them on myself, tell you what happens to me when I take them. Uh, and then I put links on where you can get it and whether I think you should get it or not. So um, go to waitwhatif.com and you'll see. I think I, I changed the name recently. And I, it used to be Primal Marketplace, but then I realized that's that's Mark Sisson's gig, the whole Primal thing. So I don't. I changed it to something else, but go to the website, you'll see. Sign up for my email. I also have an email on there. I want you to sign up for it. So if in today's day with Twitter knocking people off and YouTube knocking people off and just everything's going crazy, I need a way to reach my guests. And the only way to do that, I'm not going to send you crap every day. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to sell your crap. I just want to have a chance if I, for whatever reason, can't reach out to people anymore. I want to be able to... Um, uh, at least reach you. So I think, I think that's it. I don't really have a lot to talk about today. Um, Marianne Heinen, she is a documentarian. She talks about bees. Um, very interesting, very interesting woman. She, uh, produces CBD oil, which is, I'm going to say it wrong. Cannabidiol, can, cannab, whatever. It's from marijuana, uh, or it's from hemp. It's not psychoactive. It's supposed to have all these healing properties and all this, this cool stuff. She's very, very, very passionate, very knowledgeable about it. Um, and she also, uh, I, I guess you would call her a journalist slash ecologist. She's very much into the studying of why bees are disappearing, which is kind of a fascinating subject in and of itself. So uh, Marion uh, called. We had a great talk. And without further ado, uh, here she is. You're listening to the Wait What If podcast. So, uh, first, how do I pronounce your last name? Because I was trying to introduce you. I did a little intro before I, I called, and I, I'm sure I was saying it wrong. So, I like to say it's like 
the word inane, hinane. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I completely butchered it. <laughs> I didn't say anything like that, but okay. So uh, Miriam Hinane, and you are, well, you have kind of a, a big resume, so I don't want to, you know, pigeonhole you into one thing or, or the other. So let's yes. just, let's just start off with what seems to be one of your, just by following your tweets and stuff, that seems to be one of your, uh, I don't know if, if I can label it your passion, maybe you would, um, but getting the word out about CBD and what it is and what it does for people. Yes, I would say that as of late, <laughs> okay, I am very committed to telling people about CBD, not only the benefits, but more so the politics mm -hmm. as I have experienced them on the front lines okay. well, of, of, of this crusade. Well, let's start off just to give my listeners who probably already know about this, but CBD is, and, and I, I might say this wrong, cannabidiol? Yes. Okay. Cannabidiol, it's cannabis compound that has specific medical benefits, but doesn't make people feel high. Um, and it, it actually, what I read is it can counteract the psychoactive or the psychoactivity of THC. Um, but I also read, and this is the part that I don't quite get, it's less psychoactive than THC. So is this, can this still make you relax? Can this still give you hallucin? Like, explain. There's no psychoactive properties okay. at all okay. of CBD. You can extract CBD from marijuana or from industrialized hemp for all intents and purposes, it's the same plant. Okay. But due to the prohibitive, you know, kind of landscape that we're in, it's um, it's semantics in a way. It's the way the plant is is bred. So CBD, let's say from what I uh, put forth, is from industrialized hemp. Okay. So so let's get right into that part. Where does it stand as far as the legality in the U.S.? Because I, I had Googled it and I found a place here in North Carolina that that seems to be selling it and it says it's legal, but I don't know. Am I, are they selling the same stuff? What's, what's the legality of it? Well, it's very interesting because you can find hemp oil on Amazon and I know vendors that are using PayPal, mm -hmm. but... I have gone through a lot of hell to bring it forth to people, despite the fact that it's from industrialized hemp. And I, for instance, have been banned hmm. permanently from PayPal, even though I do not sell hemp oil on honeycolony.com. I sell it on a sister site, okay. simplytransformative.com. So on one hand, the government has scheduled CBD from marijuana extracts up there with Schedule 1, up there with LSD and heroin, wow. stating that it has no, no medicinal properties, even though that's um, not true. And then on the other hand, the government has patented cannabinoids and are bringing an FDA-approved fake CBD to market. So the World Health Organization has put out preliminary reports on the safety of CBD and the benefits. There's myriad articles out there that show the benefits. The mainstream would like for you to believe now that the only approved benefit is V is for epilepsy, but that just so happens to be because that is the government-approved fake CBD that is about to come to market. 
Mm-hmm. Also, there's uh, another a fake THC called dronobinol, which is um, scheduled as a two because it's a prescription. But yet we have marijuana up there as a schedule one. I think it's indisputable the benefits of the cannabis plant from my perspective as someone who doesn't drink alcohol the hypocrisy when you think of alcohol as for me a very low level um, vibe uh, also full of sugar inflammatory aging has wrecked homes and you know Morgan Spurlock did a special on dispensaries way back and uh, you know he's like you don't see angry people in a in a dispensary like you do at <laughs> yeah. a bar yeah um so th- there's just a lot of hypocrisy and i don't know why i have been through the ringer um when well i make an excellent formula and i have people calling me from literally all over the world norway greece uk Australia, Canada, asking for my formula because there's also, I say that everyone and their mama is making CBD now. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of, um, I would venture to say that the ones on Amazon, for instance, are CBD isolates, which means that they're likely from China or India. And what's interesting about the cannabis plant is that it's a bioaccumulator. They actually literally use the cannabis plant in Chernobyl to clean the soil. So it pulls up whatever it, what, what's in the soil. So you, you definitely want an organic brand or yeah. else you're imbibing heavy metals and pesticides. Now, it, it does the legality stem from which – like? Because from what I heard, and I don't understand this, that marijuana and hemp are very different, yet they're they're put in the same category. So is it legal if it comes from hemp, but illegal if it comes from marijuana? Or what? what's the deal with that? Yes, but it also depends on whom you ask. The okay. Hemp Association would argue that under the 2014 Farm Bill that you can purchase industrialized hemp from stem and stock legally. Mm-hmm. But if you were to ask someone from the DEA, they would uh, say otherwise. And also, I mean, there are there's a law firm that is challenging and, and the Hemp Association that is challenging this uh, Schedule 1 um, act, you know, putting it, putting it as a Schedule 1. They're, they're challenging the... You know, it doesn't really have much yeah. merit. This is this is hemp. The reason why uh, CBD purveyors are being prosecuted or feeling, when I say that, in my in for me, what happened was I'm selling online. I have had merchant processor shutdowns. Mm-hmm. So all the mainstream processors like a PayPal, a Square, Stripe, QuickBooks, all of them, until you have to find a high risk merchant processor, even though this is, I would argue, not really high risk, but it falls under that category, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and what's bizarre about it is, so it's Schedule 1. It's on the same level as cocaine. And actually, I don't think cocaine is Schedule 1, is it? Because that's got... I don't think so. No. I think it's a... Oh, well, we'll say heroin. LSD, LSD yeah. and heroin. And, and it doesn't 
it doesn't get you high. It doesn't do anything. Does it, has it killed anyone? Has anyone tried to do something with it and it's, it's causing injuries no. or death? <laughs> so the, no. the it's soul, very safe. it's guilt by association then. Um, or it's because it's effective and the pharmaceuticals are want to corner this billion dollar market. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can make these arguments across marijuana, just overall marijuana, but in this specific compound, the fact that it's non-psychoactive, it's a plant compound. Mm -hmm. So you have to wonder, but I can tell you after these past five months that I've been speaking to customers nonstop, you know, I'm having customers that are getting off of opiates that are treating bladder cancer that are treating fibromyalgia am i risking going to jail by mentioning um ailments the the last merchant processor that i had sent in december updated website compliances where on behalf of the fda they were asking to go into my testimonials and scrub words like cancer so it's one thing we know in health and wellness we cannot make claims or else we we will feel the wrath of the FDA. Sure. But it's something else when you have to go and as a believer in the First Amendment, as an investigative journalist, to go in and scrub words. It just doesn't bode well with me. Mm-hmm. And then also the request was to remove links to other sites – because the FDA deems other research bias. The FDA gets to dictate what is bias. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just very ironic considering they're frolicking with big pharma. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, I don't remember the site, but it linked through from your site. Um, uh, uh, basically a list of all the studies. So if you look at one of the things that it's claimed to do inflammation It'll click yes. through, and then there was like thirty studies. And then, yeah. being a, I'm a scientist, so I I know you know what I'm looking at, what I'm reading. These were legit studies. They were through the um, National yep. Institute of Health's website. They're they're actual peer reviewed studies. So the data is there. What's I don't man, that's that's bizarre. I, and I suppose initially I understand. Like initially, what what the FDA was there to do is to keep someone from selling snake oil, uh, you know, to, to make sure that there was some sort of controls put on what, what people are, I guess, taking to cure diseases. But in the same breath, I can go and take, you know, I can take any supplement I want that, that may not do anything and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a, on on that. Like, um, Chris Bell, I don't know if you saw bigger, stronger, faster, but on on that uh, documentary, mm-hmm. and this is a shout out to him. I just had him on last week. That's why I'm thinking of it. But he he um, made his own quote proprietary blend of of some sort of nutraceuticals. Like he was just putting stuff together. Nothing was bad for you, okay. but he just, he just put you know he made his little pills, slapped a label on it, and he was good to go. Sure. You know he was good to go. There was no legality. There was no, it was a supplement. The FDA had nothing to say with that. So basically what I'm saying is I, I don't understand. Well, I guess you kind of Well, Well, it. it's very, you know, you're saying you don't understand. For me, it's very 
clear. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the FDA, you know, there's been more than 100,000 reports of serious injuries related to adverse drug events. Sure. Uh, I'm just writing an article now about the faux faith of science when it comes to modern science, specifically in clinical trials and the greed and the conflict of interest mm -hmm. and the pretty arguable collusion that occurs. So when you're looking at CBD, I mean, it's very simple to me. This actually works. If it's a crappy CBD out there, they're not so worried. Mm -hmm. I know that in my case, uh, and I'm not just touting my own horn, but our formulator and what we've created, because you also have to think other than the fact that it's bioaccumulating and you want an organic, you have to also look at the extraction methods. Mm -hmm. sure. um, people are using butane or hexane. It's kind of counterintuitive. You're taking this to feel better. You don't want to be taking solvents, residuals. Then you also have to think that it degrades 80 to 90% by the time it gets into the liver. So now, you know, there's all this craze like, oh, we're going to put CBD in your kombucha. Uh, it's not going to get to your your liver. It's not going to get to you. It's just marketing BS. Yeah. So ours is liposomal. Unless it's rectal or liposomal, it, it's not – you're not going to get the full effects. And people are doing their homework. One in every two people today has a chronic illness, mm -hmm. and this is – like you saw, there's studies, I mean, inflammation is arguably kind of the, the crux, you know, mitochondrial dysfunction is the crux of all disease. So it, it's considered an antioxidant, a neuroprotectant, anti-inflammatory, this beautiful uh, plant and, and all these terpenes and cannabinoids. And it's a threat. It's, it's simple to me. Do you think... Uh, having do you think yeah. it, it gets deep into the, um, cause it almost, it, it almost makes you feel like it's going down the conspiracy theory area, but cause I was just talking to my friend today, we were talking about, um, diet. Uh, we talk a lot about diet on this show. We talk a lot about, um, yeah. kind of maximizing your, your body's potential and it all comes down to what you put in your, what you put in your body. It all comes down to what you're Absolutely. eating. And we were talking about, and I was thinking, or we were talking about how in a way, and again, this goes down that conspiracy theory um, rabbit hole, but in a way, the medical system doesn't do well when you're healthy. They're, it just, obviously the big pharmacological companies aren't making money if you're not taking your diabetes medicines. But I can take a patient and cut their carbohydrates down to maybe 10% and watch their blood values, their, their blood sugar go down to normal. And, yeah. and that's free. It actually will save them some money <laughs> in the long run. And, and that's considered on the outskirts. That's considered, uh, you're treading the water of making rec medical recommendations outside the standard of care. Well, my mission is to empower people to be their own best health advocate. I've been uh, run down by a Ford Explorer and dragged 50 feet. Oh, I've been exposed to pesticides on three different occasions. Mm -hmm. I've reversed my lupus and fibromyalgia. And I speak from many different perspectives that come together, not only as a journalist, not only as someone who's 
studied the food supply for 10 years, not mm-hmm. only someone as a Canadian who's been through the ringer of Western medicine. So I think we have to be very careful, especially as a journalist, to be pegged a conspiracy theorist when we can assassinate people's um, careers. Right. To me, it, it's very clear. It's sick care. There's no conspiracy. Just yeah. do your homework. It's all there. It's uh, there's, you know, arguably 80 doctors have committed suicide because their mission is also to empower you to be your own best health advocate. But at the same time, there's this burgeoning functional medicine community and there's a lot of amazing people on the forefront of health, you know, whether they're studying the biome or looking at the link between gut and brain mm-hmm. um, health. And the, the word is getting out there. It is. In, again, the case of CBD, I can just put it out there a fact. Mm-hmm. The main company that's bringing this fake CBD to market is called GW Pharma. They are partnered with Bayer Crop Science. Bayer is a big <laughs> part of my movie, Vanishing of the Bees. Okay. Just putting it out there. So, you know, when my company uh, as a startup, as an entrepreneur who's from scratch, a lot of sacrifice, you know, making a whopping $11,000 a year. And I'm brilliant. I'm a talented person. But the sacrifice, and we were going from $200,000 in sales to a million. It's a good problem. And then in January of 2017, we were shut down. And then we were shut down. And then we were shut down. And then we were shut down. So every time that happens, a small business can't make any money because they don't have a processor. They have customers and they have amazing products. And so the system is impeding their growth and disabling. That's, again, just a fact of what's happened. Then we found a processor and they defrauded us 20,000. You know, for for me, an environmentalist called the Aaron Brockovich of the B world to be banned from PayPal when I don't even sell on Honey Colony. That's how you treat do-gooders. That's how you treat activists Mm. that don't worship dollars. So I can just express my experience of what has factually happened. I think I'm a very sane person, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. This is my experience and what I've studied. It's indisputable today. Sure. Um, let me, let's back up for a quick second. Cause I'm interested in, in, you said that it put your lupus in, I would say in medicine, just cause you know, I work in medicine, it's in remission. Sure. You said it's cured. Well, the ANA levels after six years of doing everything under the sun mm-hmm. are almost uh, normal. The ANA levels were 640 mm-hmm. and I think the, the, uh, uh, range is from zero to forty or zero to sixty. Yeah, I don't remember offhand, but that, but that's close. Did, now, was this yeah. strictly through use of CBD, or did you incorporate diet? No, and lifestyle? okay. It was uh, definitely diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also believe food is thy medicine, and it's you know when working with clients, it's the thing they seem to resist the most that is the easiest thing that they can do mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. So I was on a pretty regular, a pretty good diet for many years. Have had not eaten gluten or sugar. I did um, let go of the grains altogether. And I also uh, did and adopt a ketogenic diet, Mm -hmm. which really uh, helped me. I I think in my case, because you can have five people who have lupus and they got one got because they have Epstein-Barr or another one. In my case, I was literally exposed to chemicals in Central America 
that are arguably illegal here and just like a honeybee has become an environmental indicator with multiple chemical sensitivity i still have that but the one thing that i feel for me helped aside from glutathione treatment cbd uh, molecular hydrogen eating uh, well it is detoxing via coffee enemas Mm -hmm. um so despite doing you know i was doing all the right things i really saw my in ANA levels go down. And then I also did, um, I studied metabolomics and got a certificate and did a test this summer and then the summer prior. And that's when you look at the 5,000 metabolites in the body and studying uh, metabolomics, you you really look at disease as one, uh, not getting the proper nutrients before because you have some type of dysbiosis or leaky gut or you're eating crap, mm-hmm. it's not getting to, to you. Or two, you are getting exposed to more toxins than your body has the ability to heal. Sure. Uh, and as you know, there's all these different co-factors that go into making something work. And if one portion is broken, then it unravels and creates a domino effect. It's it's remarkable to me the as I'm going through a journey of nutrition and everything and coming from a, a, a trained medical provider, I still, you know, I'm I'm learning every day. And what's amazing to me is how when you first look at how simple it is, how simple it is to just, mm. you know, just start changing what you're putting in your body. Um, it's a very, very, very difficult thing to convince someone to do. It's extremely difficult. I would say, and and with my approach with patients, I am hands-on, one-on-one, very available. The way my clinic works is they don't have to worry about paying a copay. They don't have to worry about any of that. They just come and see me. And I may have a 5% success rate. And I think that's pretty good when it comes to weight loss and, and keeping weight off. But it's, it's, it's truly a, a, a very difficult thing to get someone to say, I need to start from the ground up. Basically, I need to rebuild my foundation. The other thing too is when you when you go that natural route, and and don't get me wrong, if I'm flatlining, hit me with all the Western medicine you want, right? But when when you're talking about something chronic like chronic arthritis or or, or you know widespread pain, anything, any of these chronic, slow, insidious um, diseases, if you start with just your diet or start with even meditation, something like that, you don't see the results right away. We're we're a society that likes to get fixed and it takes time. It takes time to rebuild your metabolism, to to heal your body through your foods. It also takes time. Sorry, I'm having a little bit of a (laughs) coughing attack. It's okay. (laughs) It also takes time to rebuild rebuild the immune system, let's say in my case, which is not novel, Mm -hmm. I'm 45, (laughs) excuse me, and uh, my system has been obliterated by growing up taking antibiotics. Exactly. Some of those strains, and I see that with a lot of clients that I work with, it's, it's a pattern you see over and over again. So let's say growing up taking antibiotics um, I haven't taken them in six years now. Mm-hmm. So it, because of in silver, which is a natural antibiotic. And for me in my life, that is miraculous. I used to get 
having lupus, it would focus on my bladder and I would get urinary tract infections. I mm-hmm. also had Epstein-Barr. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll always have it. Um, and it would attack my <coughs> bladder and it's a, just a vicious cycle of taking these these antibiotics. And I have stayed clear because of uh, silver. Hmm. And it also penetrates the biofilm. A lot of people have biofilms. I mean, our pipes, I interviewed Aaron Brockovich and you're seeing in the pipes themselves because of the crap they're putting in there that the pathogens are hiding behind these biofilm. And so it helps break that up as well uh, because we're just making these bugs stronger. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, uh, people are conditioned to, if they have an upper respiratory infection or something like that, to get an antibiotic. We're just conditioned and through no fault of their own because they feel bad. You feel sick. If you have an ear infection or a sinus infection or a bladder infection, you feel really, really sick. And I write, or someone writes a prescription and then in the next few days to maybe a week, you feel better. So, so I understand them wanting to come in and get those antibiotics, but as I have two crusades in life, and one is to to limit antibiotic use, the other is to get to to reduce obesity. But antibiotic use is a huge thing, that and they're I, linked anyway, right? Yeah, they can you know, be. You, I, you get get obese. Yes, mm-hmm. you, I've heard about um, they, mitochondrial damage you can get through through uh, heavy antibiotic use. I, I don't, I, I haven't read up on it. I just remember hearing about it. So I, I don't want to talk out of school. Well, there's also devastating side effects that could be irreversible. I, I've been studying and writing about the antibiotic resistance epidemic, mm-hmm. which is a human colony collapse, the abuse and misuse. Mm-hmm. And again, after taking years and years worth of antibiotics for me six years without uh is again miraculous and it's because of silver so right now i i am uh, someone who's very sensitive to as someone who has multiple chemical sensitivity and also to mold i went to the korean spa in los angeles and the ac was blowing Mm -hmm. within half an hour of getting back home i got really sick and I've been fighting and having a fever for seven days, which has never happened that I felt a flu this aggressive. Mm -hmm. I went on Facebook and reached out and I did feel like I was dying. This fever would not abate. And I had so many people, Miriam, you're so stubborn. Go get a Z-Pack, go get antibiotics. No. And I'm like, hey, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness, but I'm not doing the antibiotics. Mm-hmm. I believe in my 400 ppm super chelated silver that I can't uh, keep on the shelves because it's personally saved me. Yeah. Um, and so it's easy to go back and say, you know, take antibiotics, be well in a couple of days or even hours, you could feel better. But to give back the trust to the body Mm because the body is an amazing thing. And this is coming from a perspective being told your body is attacking itself. You have an autoimmune condition and having to delete that uh, self-limiting belief. Mm -hmm. Um, I tell a lot of folks, I say, if you're going to use an antibiotic, use it to keep yourself out of the hospital. If you think your next, your next move is going to be admitted to the hospital, then by all means, let's try to prevent that from happening. But yeah, you people have survived thousands of years by letting their body's immune system work. Um, 
you know, sometimes, and, and being in medicine, I've seen times where you, where you need them, but not as sure. widespread. I mean, I, they are so overly prescribed. And as a provider, I take a lot of that responsibility. But I, I think personally, I think the medical community is maybe is a small part of the problem. I mean, it is dumped everywhere. Antibiotics are in everything. I once saw a list and it blew my mind. Yeah. It was like in it was like in yeah. mattresses and pillows and soap oh and I mean it's everywhere. Oh, are you talking about triclosan? Are you talking about triclosan? I don't I don't remember. I just remember seeing the list and uh, who knows where I saw it, but I just remember seeing the list of things that contain antibiotics and it was pretty much everything. I mean, they use well, it everywhere. In some countries, many countries, uh, Greece, where I live part of the year, mm-hmm. um, Nicaragua, you walk into the pharmacy and you self-medicate. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And that just adds to the problem. That's insane. This lack of education. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I okay, so I have, a, I have a question, but it might be too complicated, so we might have to break it up a little bit. But I read an article on your site that talked about a parallel between, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit, between colony collapse of bees and this colony collapse of humans. Um, let's first talk about the bees and then maybe how their situation correlates with, with the current human condition. So, so I personally have heard or I've seen, you know, just through the news and whatever on Twitter that, that bees are disappearing. A lot of people have heard that. Um, a, how big of a problem is it at this point? And B, uh, maybe this is being too uh, um, superficial on it, but what is what is causing it? Well, you know, the fact that it's been a decade since colony collapse disorder was first reported on and that we don't have a, a massive understanding on a general level, given that tiny bees pollinate one in every three bites of the food that we eat, and the fact that we're still losing 40% of hives for the past decade. And so people will think, oh, well, it can't be that bad. We still got the bees around. Well, let us understand that in a hive of a healthy hive of about 50,000, what beekeepers, commercial beekeepers will do is they will split the hive. So they put a fake or a artificially raised queen and they introduce her to the hive. And now they can take one hive and turn it into four. This is not sustainable. Okay. And these bees do not recognize this artificially raised queen in many times. And they kick her out and the hive become, becomes uh, queenless. Anyway, that's a little getting a little complicated. Mm-hmm. So the point is that the beekeepers are working um, nonstop in an unsustainable landscape and overworking the bees and building up the numbers. But the fact that it's been 10 years and that these systemic pesticides, which are at the root, which become part of the plant – Um, have become likened to DDT. Now, 50 years ago, Rachel Carson, in her book Silent Spring, went through great lengths to bring DDT and to have it banned. And she was actually even um, targeted for being responsible for increasing 
levels of malaria, as if you really need DDTs, the only combatant to malaria. Yeah. Nonsense. Um, but so here we are looking at this poison. Systemic pesticides are the most popular pesticides in the entire world, not to be confused with the most popular herbicide Roundup, mm -hmm. and are all over the world and now are not only killing bees – but all of our pollinators and have actually made it into the waterways and are fucking up the coral reef and aquatic life. So, and, so to back yeah. it up a little bit, the systemic pesticides, meaning the, the widespread use of them in, in, no. in industrial no, agriculture. No. It's a, okay. no, it's a specific type of systemic pesticide, a okay. neonicotinoid. It's okay. a nicotine-based neurotoxin okay. under the guise that Back when we were spraying organophosphates, mm -hmm. that those were more dangerous, but that these are less dangerous. But in fact, they're more insidious. When you realize that they're metabolites, it takes about 18 years to degrade into the soil and are also effing up uh, worms. Mm -hmm. Then you And you realize that the metabolites are more dangerous than the parent compounds. These... Uh, these systemic pesticides, my message 10 years later is that we are the bees. We are the ones slowly being uh, poisoned in an increasingly toxic world. Again, may think that sounds very conspiratorial. I can be called a zealot. But when you study what's in the earth and what's in the air and what's in the food um, and what's in the water, you and, and now more and more functional medicine doctors are recognizing chemical body burden. When you have babies that are born with Roundup coursing through their veins, you have to wonder what the fuck is happening. Is it possible? To, is it, are we okay to swear? On oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is, <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Okay. So that is my message. We are very much like the bees. And we should care about them because they feed us. I tell people, you know, my movie, if you like to eat, you should care about colony collapse disorder and, and the honeybees. Mm. And the, yes, there's many, many variables and everything is connected. And it would be arrogant not to consider that. But at the root is the poisoning of our food supply. And it's very sad that you basically have to pay more money not to be poisoned. So they, uh, to go back a little bit, they're finding Roundup yes. in the blood, in infant blood? Yes, they're finding it in breast milk and in our blood. Mm -hmm. Roundup, yes, Roundup is a very, um, very damaging to the gut. And we could argue that we're living with a brain, a broken brain epidemic. If you mm -hmm. follow Mark Hyman, he did his docu-series and the gut and the brain are... Uh, start from the same cell and have a connection mm -hmm. and that we're seeing, we can also argue or I'll argue that people are getting dumber by the day and that these toxins have been shown to rob us of IQ points. It's not just me saying, uh, using alliteration. It's, mm -hmm. you know, people are getting dumber by the day. The cognitive skills, the and having had lupus and fibro and have had brain fog myself where my brain and even this flu where you can see that, you know, you know, you're an intelligent person, but you somehow do not have all your, your knowledge oh, sure. not accessible. To you. I, when I was on the standard American diet and this is, I mean, it's anecdotal, but it's, it's, you hear the story over and over again. I would crash. I mean, I had what I called sleep attacks for a while. I thought I had, um, uh, 
uh, narcolepsy. narcolepsy. Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, man, I can't drive right now. I have to close my eyes. And then wow. when when I got uh, really, actually, I, I went paleo last year, which is kind of late. I mean, I'm 40. Um, but last year, me and my wife went paleo in January. We did it uh, starting last year. And, and almost... It took a little while. I want to say it took about three months. And I was like, hey, do you know what? I'm not napping. I'm not falling asleep anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. working all day into the night. And then what really changed it around, because I uh, I used to box and jujitsu. And I mean, my head, my brain, I was in the uh, Iraq three times. My brain's been rattled a few times. And I, oh, wow. I started showing signs of like... Um, just that, I, I guess my age was, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't call myself old, but, you know, old enough that uh, the mileage was starting to show up. And so I, mm-hmm. I had heard, I, I can't remember the guy's name now. He was just on Rob Wolf's podcast and he may have been on Joe Rogan's where he was a green, he was a green beret and he had a lot of uh, traumatic brain injury and, mm. and he went on a, a ketogenic approach and mm. the the anti-inflammatory effect of that ketogenic diet, uh, you know, reduced anxiety, reduced any depression that he had, um, reduced any sort of concentration issues, um, yes. made his, he, he could walk again. He could, so I, hearing that, I said, well, let's try it. And I went ketogenic. Yeah. I'm almost on my third month and I, I can work, you know, and I do a lot I mean, with this podcast and we're, we're working on a documentary, we're doing all different things. Plus... I run a clinic, plus I have two kids and a wife. Wow. And I, I wake up every day and I, I don't feel tired. I mean, I should, yeah. I feel like I was 20 again. Well, sort of, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I'm not tired. And all it took was just pushing away the way we do things and, and, and using diet, using, our, using nature to, to, to uh, Absolutely. make yourself feel better. And, so and the way we, and the way we, we arguably is a preferable way to burn fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say, I mean, it also helps ketosis can help with diabetes can help. Oh, with absolutely. Yeah. As well. Definitely with, with inflammation. And, you know, I, I argue that if I could, I'd put a chip in my brain like right now just to get smarter Yeah. <laughs> and at least, you know, taking nootropics or following a ketogenic diet mm-hmm. And seeing what it's done to my brain, cognitive skills, I, I'm I'm all for it. And and basically avoiding those carbs. Like I haven't eaten a banana in a year and six months. Wow. And I, I know I know that a lot of my friends would would think that's you know they call me a food Nazi. I call mm-hmm. myself a food Nazi. But but I, I enjoy the way I eat. Yeah. I've almost died. This is my temple, and. I want to, and food is sacred. I want to put nutritious, real uh, fuel inside of me, and I don't miss now the grains uh, personally. Right. And I think it healed my my tummy a lot. Having again referencing all those antibiotics and and um, the healing that has to happen from leaky gut, for instance. Because no matter what, even if you don't feel the effects of gluten. You know, there's people who have celiac that silently suffer and no matter what, it's going to compromise those tight junctions. Mm -hmm, And you also have to think about the bread. It has bromide in it. It was replaced. uh, The iodine arguably has definitely Roundup, which is also 
effing you up. And one slice of bread is equivalent to two tablespoons of sugar. Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah, and the the um, the wheat they're using nowadays isn't even the same wheat that our grandparents used. I, I don't. I couldn't tell you the type. Something about like heirloom wheat versus. Um, but yeah, everything. It, and it's hard if you want to break out of that system. It's extremely hard to do so if if you don't have the tools. Because uh, I mean, just lecturing patients, or not lecturing. I usually have a discussion with patients, but you know what I mean about the right choices, the right foods to get. Most people haven't, haven't a clue. They think they're eating healthy because they're having baked potato chips instead of fried potato chips, or they're cooking with canola oil. Um, I've been studying a lot about these uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids and how people have been told to, you know, to use vegetable based oils. They, a vegetable oil like canola it's you're only getting a snapshot of what that oil is. They say, okay, this is full of omega-3 fatty acids. Those are good for you. They're heart healthy. But to get that canola oil into that bottle, it it took hexane. You had mentioned earlier, hexane Mm -hmm. is a a derivative, I think of gasoline, right? To to remove the oils, high temperatures. And then you take those omega-3s that are, yes, they're there present in I don't know what does, what's it called a canola plant, oh, whatever. But they're present there in its natural form. But once Maize, it, yeah, once it hits that, uh, is it made out of corn? Canola. I oil? think it's it's um, maize. Oh. M-A-I-Z-E. Yeah. I think it's a subset of yeah. Corn. I didn't know that. I think so. But when you hit it with those with high all. temperatures and those chemicals, those those poofas, they they go from this this you know natural. Uh, there's a natural beauty in in molecular structure. There just is. When you look at it... It's from rapeseed. Sorry, let's just clarify. Oh, okay. Rapeseed. Rapeseed oil. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So when you look at a, a molecule that is natural, it actually has a beautiful shape to it. You can see structure and you can see almost the um, the golden ratio. And, you, it, you know, it just looks... But after it gets put through this chemical process, it, it gets... Uh, kinked and craggly, and that's what people are consuming. And when the, and they're full of free radicals, and when they oxidize in your bloodstream or oxidize yeah. in your in your pan while you're frying with it, it it raises havoc. In fact, I used to say the most dangerous thing you could put in your body is excess sugar or any sugar for all I care. But I'm starting to lean towards these these uh, man made vegetable oils, and then you add these sugar on top of that. It's just it, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. And people have no yeah. idea. They have no clue. And it's it's frustrating because when I sit with them, I just, I just want them to know. And uh, you almost feel like, you almost feel like you're, you're, I don't know, you're, you're tackling Mount Everest, you know, <laughs> you're going. And they you have tr- to be, you know, one of my, for my consults, I say, are you willing to make the decisions or else you're just wasting your time? You're That's wasting true. my time. You know, if you, the, the, and again, so many people, I had my neighbor who was diagnosed with cancer. I personally am not down with the chemo and the radiation, the poisons. She did that, very typically got an infection in her stomach. It was stomach cancer, of course, was put on antibiotics. And when I saw her, she was super frail, but her tummy was ginormous. Mm-hmm. And she's French. And I'm like, are you eating the baguettes? And she's like, of course, I'm French. I'm like, okay, well you know, I can't help you. Sorry. If you were not willing to give up your bread and your look at you, at the inflammation that it's causing, then 
so be it. And you walk around now, if you go to the airport, if I go to the airport, it's just everybody is like, look like puffy, mm-hmm. puffy mm-hmm. named. And it's, it's normal, just like people back in Montreal, where I come from, will say, well, yeah, I'm getting achy because it's normal. I'm getting older. No, baby. I'm like wine. Despite everything that's happened to me, I am only getting better. And yeah. so it's not too late ever. No, 40 it, is young. It, it isn't too late. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's reaching. And I, and I think people need that, that, that come to Jesus moment, we call it, you know, where you say, ah, this, this is what, you know, now I have to do something and it's a free country. And, you know, I, I love the whole libertarian live free or die. And and if you want to live that way, that's fine. Um, but if you want, I, I don't know anyone who doesn't want to feel better. And that's, that's where, and maybe that's a good in, you know, if you just want to feel better and, and the other thing too is I'm not selling something. I'm selling nature. You know, I'm selling just just look at evolution. Look at the last two hundred thousand years of human uh, uh, human uh, history. And and there's yeah. a reason why we can eat the foods we eat and we tolerate the foods we tolerate because that's that's how we evolved to survive to today. And then we throw all this crap in our system. And now look at it. There's I was talking to a patient today, and I said. You know, things happen slowly and they become the norm. And then we just mm-hmm. sort of accept it. Like, it's called the overturn window. When the unacceptable becomes acceptable over time. Yeah. Okay. I never actually heard that before, but that's interesting. So it's like the idea of, so there's children with type 2 diabetes. Now, that should be a fire alarm across the nation. That should be, mm-hmm. you know, top story. Holy shit. Children younger than 10 years old are getting that is akin in my brain. That's akin to saying, you know, coming out and saying, Oh, we're starting to see Alzheimer's in children, you know? Yes, we are, unheard of seeing Alzheimer's in in, in teens and young adults, and it's considered a a third uh, type. Diabetes. Yeah, they call it type three, or they're they're looking at this sort of dementia, but that should be setting off alarms across the country. Hey. The program's not working. You know, we didn't, we never saw children with type 2 diabetes until the last 25 years. Something's wrong and something has to change. Or, or um, the system's just going to bankrupt itself because we're going to have all these people that are sick and disabled. And well, we are. That's the trajectory. Again, one in every two people has a chronic illness. Mm -hmm. We've normalized pathology. Yeah. We're normalizing uh, the abnormal. It's not normal to have all this sickness. Mm-hmm. There is something called sick care. And again, we bring it to the bees because the bees are responsible for pollinating our food, for waking us up to the right to have a clean food supply. Mm-hmm. Please, I just want clean food. Go take your poisons elsewhere. And this is on a huge scale. And now we can argue that we have pretty much a defunct environmental protection agency. I was thinking when I was making my film 10 years ago that it was bad back then, and now um, it's arguably non-existent. And um, I was just, uh, in, in writing my article about the faux faith of science, a, a quote from someone uh, at the EPA basically saying scientists at EPA are treated as irrelevant now because they are no longer part of the decision-making process. Betsy Sutherland, former director of EPA's Office of Science and Technology, quote, all environmental decisions come out of 
administrator Pruitt's private meetings with industry and agribusiness. And so who is protecting our environment? The bees are ancient creatures here to, they have a message, I say. The question is, will we listen? And here we are 10 years later. My movie is still relevant because, as you know, docs have a shelf life. Mm -hmm. But my film is still very much alive because bees are still very much dying. And the fact that we don't all know universally that these systemic pesticides are at the root cause of colony collapse disorder and the amount of chemicals that we douse and entrench and and become part of, think of it, become part of the actual seed. And, you know, what we're doing to the planet is is abhorrible. It's, It's devastating. And unless we take power our health into our own hands and be the change we want to see. Nothing is going to happen. You cannot take on the system or the monolith. Um, it's, uh, it, but if I look at the consciousness that has developed since I first started making the film in 20, 2007 and now, I mean, the bees are arguably on the forefront of our mind more than ever before. And we have made such headway as far as our consciousness and the movement with food politics, food justice. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, there was no, uh, you couldn't go to school and study food politics. Now I I went and I taught a class two years ago in Rome at a place called Gusto Lab where they, Americans go there and, and learn about the culture of food and what has changed. And you have these notions of what might be happening in places like Greece or Italy, well, the highest rates of, of obesity in children are Italy and Greece. And what's happening because of the European Union and the policies there are the exact same thing as here in America. I mean, you think of Greece, which is an agrarian culture, and the subsidies for similar crops, the amount of – I was looking – at how many chemicals go into a head of broccoli because I, I had to choose the uh, top 15. There's um, 15 of safe, you know, like avocado is a pretty safe vegetable or fruit rather to, to choose if you want to minimize your pesticide. The broccoli, I think, had like nine different herbicides, fungicides, pesticides that it came contact with. Mm. Um, it's disgusting. What the fuck? I just want a broccoli without any poisons, please. <laughs> There's um <clears throat> are you an optimist? Do you do you think that this can change or uh I I asked that because I interviewed um James Barrett. He's a uh Nat Geo filmmaker and he wrote a book mm-hmm. about um AI, artificial intelligence and what it's going to mean for our future. And mm-hmm. we we had this nice conversation and at the end I said you know, what do you think the future looks like? Are we? Are you an optimist? He said, no, we're done. <laughs> he blatantly said, we're done. And ever since then, I try to end my interviews with what your outlook is. So, you know, obviously we're not talking about AI, but you're, you're, um, are you optimistic about the future of food? And, and is this something that can, that can, we can reverse? Is it even possible? Yeah, I I don't think it's possible to reverse it. I think it's possible to make a difference in your own life and to vote with your fork and, like I said, be the change that you want to see. You know, I grow my own veggies, have bees, um, so do whatever, try to walk my talk. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I... 
I, I long to go back to, to Greece to, I, I spent some time in the summer studying blue zones and longevity with uh, two filmmakers who were doing an eight part series called the human longevity project mm -hmm. and uh, studied and stayed in Ikaria after they left to stay there a month. And, and I look forward to going back and, and uh, befriending some farmers and, um, and even there, the encroachment of the, of the Western world, you know, like I just kid and I say, I don't think Snickers should be allowed on this Island. Sorry, <laughs> Cheetos, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Shouldn't be allowed. Uh, and so the encroachment of the Western world is happening everywhere. We can just do what we can and have community, mm -hmm. um, just really cherish our food because it's sacred and it nourishes us. And, and I, take what goes into my system very seriously and really appreciate whatever goes inside. I, I, I don't know if that would make me not optimistic yeah. by my answer, but it's a certain trajectory that we're on. I mean, I think that people are going to wake up and be ushered to their FEMA camps. Uh, I think people are not realizing what's really ha happening. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that might be a little, sound a little dismal. Well, I mean, some of these things, uh, they don't look, the future doesn't look bright for a lot of them unless something's done. But I have noticed, I mean, if you compare to where um, we're about the same age and so we grew up in the in the 80s and, and you know, mm -hmm. became adults in the 90s, there, the, it seems to me there are some things that are changing. Like in my little community, I can think of off the top of my head a couple community gardens. People are more into gardening. Yeah, um, people yeah. are are waking up to those things, and they're realizing that this edible food like substances that are sitting on the shelves are probably not the safest thing. And you can also see it. People vote with their wallets. And we were at yeah. we were at Walmart the other day, and I saw I saw a. Uh, organic grass-fed ghee on the shelf. And I said, holy shit. Wow. You know, when you can find that at Walmart, that means people are buying it. People are understanding. Absolutely. So, uh, absolutely. So, like, yeah. you know, maybe that's a little optimism <laughs> in there. Absolutely. But. Just like I said, the honeybees are on the forefront ever more than ever before. Our consciousness has, since 2007, has an inconvenient truth. Mm -hmm. It's a very exciting time to be alive. Um, I would also just, I'm very, this is nothing to do with health and nutrition. I very much enjoyed Altered Carbon on net, on Netflix. Yeah, that was, that. I just started it. Uh, pretty creepy. Uh, it, yes. That's that's one where the guy, he they get put in different bodies, right? And he was hired to be, to find someone's murder. Yeah, basically, it's reincarnation realized is yeah. how I'm putting it. Yeah. And uh, your consciousness is uh, put in a stack at the base of your neck. Um, but very interesting. I, I, uh, I really liked to watch. I love sci-fi. I really yeah, I enjoyed. Did you, uh, did you watch, um, electric dreams on, on Amazon prime? No. So no, it, is that sci-fi? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I'm for my sci-fi fans they are going to be mad at me because I should know the name of this, this author. He wrote that, that quote, uh, I think it's do robots dream of electric sheep or something. Philip like K. That. Dick. Thank you. Thank you. Philip Dick. So it's based on his stories and, um, mm. yeah, it's really cool. There's a lot of, it's very similar to, to, um, black mirror in a way, but, uh, okay. it kind of its own, its own feel to it. It's good. It's good. I, I haven't finished it. I watched a couple episodes and I'm like, yeah, I like this. 
So definitely check okay, that one well, out. Yeah, I binged uh, Altered, Altered Carbon. I also liked on FX um, uh, Legion. I don't think I know that one. Legion was good. Yeah, I'm very into sci-fi, but but altered carbon. I mean, you could. It's 300 in, years into the future, mm-hmm. but you can kind of see this. You know, the, this trajectory where there's a squeezing out of the middle class, and and I, I mean, you know, when you hear about doctors ending up in rivers, or Mercola wrote about uh, a nutrition uh, consultant that uh, was fined a thousand dollars for giving um, dietary and I know with my customers, they're not regular customers. They're very high maintenance where they want to know how to take the medicine. That, you know, I joke that they're not waiting from, for lipstick from MAC. They're, I mean, these people are sick. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you realize what, what's, uh, what's out there. I don't think that trajectory is going to, is going to, to, to change. Um, I think people just need to really get empowered and realize that they can make decisions and that you can create heaven in your own, sort of speak, your own life. And, uh, you know, health is not only about food, <coughs> sorry, longevity, it's also about community and purpose. Purpose is very big. Like in Japan, they have the word ikigai, which means purpose. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's all these different factors that lend to, to, uh, to our health. Yeah. Well, that is a uh, fantastic way to end, I think. Um, folks can find you at, uh, what's your website again? They can go to simplytransformative.com okay. if they want to learn more about the hemp oil and honeycolony.com, which is also a magazine and a marketplace. Okay. And they can follow me on Twitter. And um, Vanishing of the Bees, where can you find that? That is on Netflix, Hulu, iTunes, Amazon. Um, yeah. So pretty much anywhere you can you can find that. Well, that's that's excellent. Um, thank you very much, Miriam. You had a lot of uh, very cool stuff to talk about. Maybe we can get you on the show again and um, Would love that. Ha- have another conversation. Thank you. I appreciate your right. time. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, thank and you. thanks thanks for sharing your time. It's not. I mean, if if I didn't have folks like you, I mean, I'm a small independent. Um, but this technology is fantastic. I mean, the ability for us to have a conversation really across the globe um, yes. is it wasn't heard of 10 years ago. And, and it's just another way to get ideas like this out there. So um, if it wasn't for folks like you, you know, giving us your time, then, then you know, it would be quiet. So, so I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Let me know when it's out there and I'll share it. Will do. Will do. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Good night. Like us on facebook.com slash WWI podcast and at WWI podcast on Twitter. Drop us a line at waitswhatifpodcast at yahoo.com. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher or TuneIn Internet Radio.
hope you enjoyed your listening experience. Now go forth and expand your reality.